0: Hey folks, welcome back to DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We are here to talk about two books. One we missed last week, um, partly because the way that we record the show, we record a week or so early, and the books weren't all in our are uh, in our, our drive yet. So we're starting off with a book from last week, which is Night Terrors Number Two, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Giuseppe Coley, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard. Um, we were all higher on this first issue than I think we had planned on being, or thought we were going to be. Um, I'm curious if that carried through to the second issue at all, or if this no. sort of <laughs> all right. We'll start us off there, Vinci. Um,
1: I feel like um, DC events, or even even just regular story arcs have a very predictable um pattern to them now and unfortunately i mean i could be making this up it's just the way it feels um the first issue introduces reintroduces wesley dodds at the end which i commented on um when we talked about it that that is a trick that DC keeps going to the well for, you know, every time they need a last page reveal for a new event or a new story arc, it's, um, somebody who we thought was gone came back or whatever. They do that constantly, but I want to see Wesley Dodds, So that's good. Like I, it's pandering, but it's pandering to me and it's
0: working. But it's good pandering, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Issue two, they treat they treat essentially this events um, like shadow creatures from the from crisis or you know foot soldiers from Ninja Turtles whatever they're your disposable um, your cannon fodder your cannon fodder yeah exactly they treat they treat them attacking our heroes as like the big twist or turning point of this issue or the big reveal it happens towards the end. And it's, it's like the sleepless nights are here and that's a, that is a pattern again. I feel like, I feel like a thing that we saw with metal death metal, um, some of the, uh, like dark crisis, um, some of the events around the Infinite Frontier era. These reveals where a villain we already knew was involved and was fighting, oh, they're here. And that's that is the big reveal of this issue, you know. It it doesn't feel momentous, it, it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. It feels like it's spinning its wheels. Um already. Which I, is is troubling to me. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of story here, and when you know when you're 80 percent of the way through the issue and they reveal the sleepless nights are here to to fuck with you, it just reads to me like okay, you don't have an actual story that's that's worth six issues or eight issues or whatever this is. I don't even know. Um, my head's on fire. So,
2: um,
1: but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying, right? Like it yeah. to me, it feels like. They don't have a long enough story here, and so all the little all the little bits I liked about the first issue that were kind of advancing something or telling a story, I don't feel like there's much of that here. There's a lot of I, there's a lot of exposition to explain uh, why Wesley Dodds knows about the Nightmare Stone, but I gotta say, none of that was interesting at all to
0: me. Zach, do you, you have a, a counter position to that, um, or do you? Some I agree? mean,
2: so I don't, I don't, I don't feel as negatively about it as Vince does. I, I actually enjoyed this issue a reasonable amount. Like may, maybe not quite as much as the first issue, but I still think it's. I actually think it's shaping up to be a pretty fun little DC event that I, I might even look back on fondly. Um, just reading the the bits that I'm reading. Um, number number one i i really like the cam and coley art quite a bit Mm -hmm. um i i like his pages a lot um i still really like the 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 dead man batman combo character and i i i like adding him with uh zombie sandman there there is like quite a bit of exposition here especially like with the wesley Dodds flashback but it it didn't really bother me as much as i think it bothered vince um I think that there's like an interesting twist with like, maybe not like a twist, but like there's something going on with insomnia and that like flashback that we get where he has some kind of like vendetta against the justice league. Um, Like specifically with them, you know, he sees the news of them coming back and like freaks out and something going on in Arkham tower with that. So, you know, again, like nothing like mind blowing, but I'm kind of interested to see where it goes. And, yeah, I mean, I think like the sleepless nights being the uh, the cliffhanger isn't isn't necessarily super effective, but it's also just like I don't know, I don't think like every issue has to have just like a banger of a cliffhanger either. To I I don't know, like yeah. I, I don't think this is great, yeah. but I I don't think it's bad either.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll what's what the difference there. I'm sorry, Vince. I'll get to in a second. I just should sure, say yeah. like I, I I I see what Vince is saying where. There's no reason for like the intention of that scene is to make you go like oh fuck and there's nothing yeah. about the scene that should make you go, oh fuck right but I also think that that the last page doesn't need to be a mic drop moment like that would be a fine ending if it wasn't presented as a like you're gonna shit your knickers when you see this kind of an ending but that is that is the tone that the page takes and therefore that it feels flat. Does that somewhat split the difference between what you guys were saying?
1: I think so yeah I, I, I think so and I think um it's fine if we disagree on this, but I do i I think in an event comic, I think every issue does need something like that. and that's just maybe a difference in how we see it or how we approach these things that I do think if you're if you're not doing some big, Goofy, crazy reveal in every issue. What are you doing it for? Um and and my feelings on that, and again, everything comes back to Crisis, which is not necessarily fair, but like Crisis was loaded with that stuff, right? And I just think I just think you may as well swing for the fences um if you're doing if you're doing an event book.
2: Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean it it does the the reveal is not only that the sleepless nights are here, but they 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 ripped uh red tornado's head off. Can
0: you believe yeah, they did that? Oh, I, I, that's fucked up and raw. The only character who has their uh parts disassembled more than red tornado is C3BO. <laughs> it's it's used for the same exact purpose.
2: <laughs> but is
1: there going to be uh, a one-shot comic to explain how they took apart I'm referring to c through pos red arm. His, no, his, red, red,
2: his head is going to be even redder. Yeah. He's gonna say, Have you seen my red head? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> there will not be a, a one shot. There will be a two issue night terrors about it. Ah, uh, yes.
2: But it will. It will still be written by James Robinson, though. Yes, it will. Yeah.
1: And it will be weirdly released two months after the event ends. Yes.
0: <laughs> All of this tracks. Yeah.
2: Um, Man, Marvel's Star Wars comics, I know this is not the place for this, but they're <laughs> yes, it is. They're so lame. They, I can't you know believe it, how lame they are.
0: Because they're trapped in this, it has to take place between two movies thing. like They do
2: that for so many years too. It's not I even know. just like for a year. It's like we're spending three years between episodes five and six.
0: When when I, I think canonically, it's what six weeks or something like that. Like it's not a very long time. No, but, yeah, yeah, but well, I know. think
2: those between those movies, it's like a year. I'm pretty sure. Okay,
0: I'm I'm exaggerating obviously, but there's 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 still not three years of story to be told there. Oh
2: yeah, no, absolutely not. And yeah, um, we're doing it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I, as usual, I fall somewhere in between you guys. Uh, the first note I wrote. I usually read the issue first, and then i I go back a second time and I take notes as I read the issue again. So the first thing I read the whole issue, but the first thing I wrote down was that insomnia was triggered by the end of Dark Crisis, like the rest of us. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> because that He's is actually a, the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, this is um this is both a um, a consequence of, of a really good first issue and also the consequence of having to make this story feel epic enough to take on a two-month event. And I actually think that when this is all said and done, I, I'm going to guess that my thesis about this event is going to be it would have been a fine, like, batman dead man miniseries but it's going to wind up being a shitty two-month event that is my my guess for how we're going to feel about this Mm. you know in six weeks time or whatever it is um and that's sort of how i feel about this issue like i like zach said i think that the boston inhabiting bruce is pretty fun i think that the Wesley Dodds thing. Like, Vincent I, I want to see Wesley Dodds in these comics That's good but I, I think it's pretty Funny how like if you Go by what's on the page Dead man was going to resurrect him for like A three minute conversation and then was like, well, <laughs> back to the grave with you. Like, yes. it's just, it's a weird moment where you think you're resurrected one of the greatest heroes in D- in like the world history. You think you want to keep him around a little bit longer than just for this quick little Q and A session. So that right. that that felt very. Um, but I think that, like Zach said, I think the art, specifically the Coley art, is really good here, and I think that there's. There is something to this story. I I, I know Vince was really, really um, harping on the fact that Insomnia basically has to come out and say, like, you might think I'm like the Scarecrow, but I'm not. Right. And and I agree that that, that part of it is routinely lame. But I think that there is there is a long history of dream based villains and This could be a really fun event. I was thinking about this as I was reading this issue and feeling kind of meh about the issue. Imagine for a second if they gave really top notch creative teams these minis and said, hey, Mark Wade and Dan Mora, you get to tell us what you think Superman's worst nightmare would be. Tell us that story. and But but you have to sell us on this is really his worst nightmare. This is not like it, it can't be a flavor of the week thing. It has to be. We have to be really building like the ultimate Superman nightmare here. And if they put that kind of thought into it, th- there could be 10, 15, however many really interesting miniseries where you're getting at the core of these characters and you're doing stories that feel really intrinsically true to them. And this is no offense to the creative teams that are doing the miniseries for this. But a it lot just, of times they
2: are really good creative teams. even <laughs> so Right. Yeah. But it
0: doesn't but it doesn't seem like they've been given that mandate to like shoot for the fences right. with this. Right. And if you're doing this, this event, yes, technically it's in continuity, but it's never going to be referenced again. Like th- and because they're all nightmares, you can do anything with these. I just feel like this is a very neutered event. Because they're not swinging for the fences in that way. If you're going to do something that feels kind of derivative, well, then do the best version of that derivation that you can do. And this just feels like a combination of DC needing its skip months. And uh, it just it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel bombastic enough. It doesn't feel. uh, Yeah, I don't know that. That's sort of my my general takeaway from this. But I have to say, like, the art still remains good. I'm still somewhat enjoying the main conceit. Um, Do I wish there was less uh, decompression here? Absolutely. Do I wish there was less exposition here? Oh, 100%. Like, that, that whole story of Wesley Dodds, like, breaking up that cult meeting, I understand why that has to be here because of this story. But how many times have we seen that pretty much exact story before? Mm-hmm. it just feels lazy to me uh you know give 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 that moment something that feels unique to itself it doesn't just feel like every other cult-based dc comic that we've ever read
1: yeah yeah um uh, brian i have another note before i forget sure. um uh, uh along the same lines of that like he was bringing wesley dodds back for like three minutes
0: Mhm.
1: <laughs> There's a, I don't know if this is miswritten or what it's, what it is, but on the second page, I think, uh, Dodds says, you're not really Batman, are you? You're some kind of ghost. And then, uh, Boston as Batman says, you've met Batman. How? Nothing Wesley Dodds just said indicated that he's met Batman. (laughs) So I'm not sure why Boston
0: is responding that way. I mean, I guess him saying you're not really
1: Batman, but he's like is, asking him. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't mean,
2: know. It's not I didn't even think that was the, I didn't think that was the weird bit in that scene. I thought the weird <laughs> bit was, um, so yeah, there's that part where you're not really Batman. Are you, you're some kind of ghost. You've met Batman. How? And then he goes into the spiel about, you know, who you know, what's happening is and then he says the idea of time travel and multiverses is the thing you question and it's like you didn't mention time travel or multiverses <laughs> yeah, at exactly. all previously. Right. that's that's the weird bit of dialogue to me
1: <laughs> yeah that's yes yes well said which you know again i'm i i don't want to i like joshua williamson generally um I, i'm not accusing him of anything here but furthering Zach's a uh, pet theory that this was written by AI <laughs> would be these lines that don't quite follow one another I don't know uh.
0: um speaking of Zach and Joshua Williamson and Batman, Zach, you read Night is number two, which came out this week, which is Night Batman number two rather um which we had we had talked about possibly following up on but then circumstances did not lead to it so how was that second issue it remind us for a second who illustrated that as well
2: uh it's Guilla Marge.
0: oh yes yes
2: um i actually thought this issue was even better than the first one okay it it's not it's still not great but it gets pretty nutty with the idea of just like bruce going wild in his own dream world and um there's some like fun Im- imagery um Guillaume March gets to do some like Zurin R stuff, which is fun. Um it uh it does it did some cool things. I liked it. Uh I, I liked it quite a bit. The backup though, instead of being a, a Robin backup like the first one, it was a uh green arrow backup, but like specifically um Roy and uh Black Canary, and it was a total snooze. it it, <laughs> it, it was really bad.
0: Well, that's too bad.
2: Um, um, with, um, art by, uh, uh, who's the, uh, who's the deceased guy? Is it Clayton? Is it Clayton Henry? No, Clayton
0: right. Henry does do the book we're talking about tonight.
2: Oh, is it Clayton? Oh, Trevor Hersign? That's who it is. Okay. Yeah. Trevor Hershein.
0: All right. Well, uh, the other book we want to talk about this week is the finale of the Adventures of Superman John Kent, number six. This is written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Clayton Henry, who Zach just misremembered during another book. Yeah, um, I, did. I just want to start off by saying we had we had disagreed at one point about Clayton Henry's skill. i I went on I went to bat saying, I really enjoy Clayton Henry. I think it was Vince that said he was like serviceable. And yeah. I want to double down on what I said. I really like this Clayton Henry art a lot in this issue. I think he's a really good fit for this particular story. I think he's a really good fit for how Tom Taylor writes. And um, I I had not been keeping up with this book month to month, but I really enjoyed looking at the art in this issue. And uh, I'm going to save my thoughts on the story for after you guys go. But I, I just want to start off by saying that I think Clayton Henry is doing really, really good work here.
1: Uh, I agree. Vince, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think he is. I I think you know. Um, I think he suits the. I think he suits the exact tone that Adventures of John Kent Superman is going for. You know, that's my thing. I think I think with Clayton Henry, my enjoyment of his art is going to depend on the tone of the story. I think when we talked about that last time, I mentioned how much I liked he did a, a, a um flash uh, run w- in the Walmart comics with Gail Simone writing. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned how much I liked that. And I said, he's the perfect artist for that kind of thing. And I didn't really mean like for a Walmart tier comic. I meant for a light. I mean, that comic was pretty light. There were some harrowing things that happened, but it was very like, silver agey and that the flash would solve whatever the problem was by the end of the issue. And this is kind of, you know, despite it being set on the injustice earth, it's fairly light because John Kent is light as a character and approaches. Tom Taylor does a really great job of making John Kent into a Superman figure who approaches conflicts Differently than his father would, but also not so differently that it's out of ca- that that he shouldn't be called Superman. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. And I think also. Clayton,
1: Hen- yeah, and Clayton Henry is a great artist for that exact tone. Where like, all right, you're on Injustice. It's a dark world, but John is John is going to get through it with a hug and mm-hmm. positivity and by averting as much danger and disaster as he can by, by um, releasing these people that are going to be potentially executed by getting um, Superman's potential allies to abandon him before he does that. All of this stuff is done with such a light touch and the art really goes along with that. So I think the tone is a big deal and I think Henry's perfect for that. What'd you think of the issue overall? Um, I, I liked it. I, again, I, I, I really want to praise the way that John is written as a Superman who is different from his father, not interchangeable at all with, with Clark and yet feels true. And um, I enjoyed that so often it's really hard to solve these problems in comics without a fight. And, you know, there's a couple punches thrown, but for the most part, all of this conflict that that's bubbling up is solved with, um, empathy and talking it out and good ideas. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's refreshing. Um, and I think, I think it's really well done. I don't know how believable it necessarily is that, that injustice Superman is kind of subdued this way, but. You know, comics don't have to necessarily be believable. <laughs> they, I, I, I think it reads really well.
0: You're basically saying that even though Itchy's rib was hit twice, it produced two yeah. totally different tones. <laughs> exactly. Okay, got <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I um, I really liked this, and I'm a guy who has read, I think, zero Injustice comics, maybe one Injustice comic, um, over time, but I think that. Taylor is just he's creating he look—he didn't create John Kent, but his writing of John Kent to me feels like the first time that this is somewhat unfair to Peter Tomasi, who wrote a lot of John Kent and Super Sons and all that. But that was a younger John Kent. To me, Taylor is the definitive adult. And I'm using that word loosely. John Kent writer uh, out there because like you said Vincey he he is finding ways to do he is finding ways to do superman things in a way that feels true to being superman but doesn't feel like clark kent mm-hmm. and i think that's a really tough thing to pull off and so far taylor is really doing a good job with it um you know the fact that you mentioned the hug before there is this moment where you see john like revving up to run towards the injustice superman and you know the implication is he's going to hit him with all he's got but instead he just gives him a hug and mm-hmm. he basically tells him i'm I'm sorry what ha- i'm sorry this happened to you and it's not your fault it's, exactly it's, your fault. It, it, it's, it's very much a good Will hunting scene yeah. there um less boston accents but essentially yeah. a, a Goodwill hunting scene and uh, you know it it works. and that's see to me this is this is the the, the Tom King sec- Tom King, God damn it. the Tom Taylor secret sauce. The Tom Taylor secret sauce is doing something that if you if you just read it, if you read the Wikipedia article on almost any Tom Taylor book, you wouldn't like it. It would seem hokey and it would seem simplistic. But there's something about the way that Taylor writes where he's able to take these ideas that are really simple, maybe even silly ideas at times, and make them into something that is, to my mind, very special. Uh, And that's how I felt about that whole scene, is that, like I said, it would be really easy to sort of giggle at that scene. And, you know, this is a little bit of the, the, the secret ingredient is love thing, Right, where it just seems like it's it's the hokiest way to go about this to, to resolve this conflict, but be, but something in the way Taylor does it, it just it works, and uh, I think that part of that in this particular case is Clayton Henry's art, where Henry is able to to get so much really nuanced expression work out of each of the characters, like when when Clark is hugged the his face is just each panel reveals like a different layer to how Clark is feeling and it all feels natural and it all builds upon the panel before it it's just really really well done and mm-hmm. um yeah I I thought this was a really really well executed last issue uh, Zach what did you think
2: um I think overall I'm also pretty positive i think i maybe liked the art maybe the least out of the three of us i again kind of still think like i do agree that like the like the facial expressions and like the the way that um henry was able to like convey emotion and and a, a lot a lot of information just through the characters faces like you mentioned was was really well done um but like you know like i i think overall it's still like most it's not like mind-blowing comic art to me it's still it still feels kind of like serviceable is like a, a a good word for it i think in some in some cases it doesn't like i i don't know it's i guess it's just like not my favorite art overall which is fine um the writing though also i thought was like very good um i have maybe read like a little bit more injustice and i i still one day would really like to go through and and read all of it um but yeah i thought i thought that the writing john john's writing was really good and i really liked how creative um taylor was in like resolving some of the conflicts especially like the scene with barry i thought was really really good really well handled um, and, and then the scene with Clark at the end was also really good. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it also like worked really well, like speaking to the, uh, the previous like John Kent Superman book where like a, a key point of that was, um, you know, John kind of like being frustrated with Clark about why he, didn't take a more proactive role in like engaging with the world um and and I think that maybe like the answer that he comes away with is still maybe a, a little bit you know, it doesn't completely like absolve Clark of not taking a more active role in some cases, but it's also like a reasonable response, I think to the events of like going through the injustice earth. you know what I mean like having come yes. out of that, it's like it's it's a very reasonable response um so i thought i thought that was all really good the the thing that i maybe thought was like the weakest part of the issue was the resolution though of that he just gets yoinked back to earth zero or whatever um and there's not i I, this this is maybe this is coming from me not having read the whole series just reading the first issue and the last issue It, it kind of feels like anticlimactic is not the right word because the climax did happen, but just, um, it just felt like we reached that point and then it was like, oh, we've got to end the miniseries now, so we're just going to send them back. Um, but I'm pretty positive about it.
1: And then the weird last page where it it reveals a future miniseries, but There's nothing really on the page that tells you anything about what it is. It's not even really a teaser
0: for for what that means.
2: It's essentially like I sense something is wrong is what happens. Yeah,
0: it's essentially that John Kent will return. Like the the James Bond will return bit from the James Bond end credits, right? It's just like Mm -hmm. letting you know that there is something for John Kent coming up. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual hint or start at that story or anything like that
2: yeah which that book has been announced and i think we're talking about it tonight right we are
0: yeah yeah we'll talk about it in a couple minutes um but yeah um what's interesting about this is that this is running pretty much concurrently to that connor kent miniseries that um what's it called Um, um something superboy something Anyway, my point is this, that when, when these books were announced, it if you didn't know, if you didn't pay crazy close attention to the solicits, you would think that these two books were part of sort of the same initiative. That Clark Kemp book, I believe, was one of the uh, DC Round Robin titles that got re-solicited or whatever it was yeah Um,
2: it was and almost uh, seemingly kind of like realigned into the Superman line because Connor's in like action but
0: But, I haven't read
2: it it seems like it's not (laughs) I don't know
0: exactly what I was going to say is that both of those books seem like they were sort of birds of a feather but Uh this seems to be much more in line with building not just the current story but giving john kent continued stuff to do like when i read this the my favorite part of this is just the reality that dc thinks that that jonathan kent's important because this story is basically just another reminder of how jonathan kent is now like an important part of the dc universe and i I guess they had nothing for him to do until they were bringing him over to that the 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 uh the miniseries we're going to talk about in a minute. So, um this feels a bit like a stopgap measure and it lets Taylor play with this universe that he has a lot of affection for. I get all of that. But but I, it still doesn't change me feeling like this is way better than it probably had any right to be. Especially when comparing it with the other miniseries that launched around the same time. Whether it, whether it's the Connor Kent one or um Oh, there's one other one I'm thinking of that I now can't remember. It's about to wrap up now, too, Um, but I'll think of it later when it's not relevant.
2: (laughs) Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is
1: your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of
2: Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men. Sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present. And sometimes that means figuring out which series is
1: our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior
0: indeed. All right. Well, let's let's very quickly recap San Diego Comic-Con 2023. Um, we are recording this on Monday, July 24th. So one day after Comic-Con wrapped up. And... Um, I, I want to give a specific shout out to Multiversity Comics News Editor Christopher Chu Tabit, who put together a really thorough recap of what happened at San Diego for us. To he said, "I thought you guys might might be able to use this for the podcast," and so nice. did this just for us, which is very very kind of him. Aww. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's let's get into this. So. I'm just going to go in chronological order, and I'm going to ask you guys for quick reactions on it. I don't want to spend too much time in any of this. God bless you, Vince. Thank you. So there is a a new Outsiders book by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, a.k.a. Hive Mind and Robert Carey. And this is basically like um, it's planetary, but back characters, right?
2: I don't think that they should get to call themselves Hive Mind.
0: I I was actually thinking the same thing, but they do. So here we are.
2: I don't don't think that they've earned that right.
0: (laughs) You you, don't don't think they've earned a cool nom de plume?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think they've gotten to that that point. It feels like giving yourself your own nickname. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Um, But Zach, you are the planetary boy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would love to have a, a cool planetary that's not attached to a problematic name and it was good. Um, and they are really going for the planetary imagery. You know, they even have a drummer <laughs> and they made yep. um, they made uh, Batwing Luke Fox look like the the character from Planetary. I, I forget his name at the moment, but uh, yeah, I. Um, I don't know, I guess I'll like reserve judgment until the book's actually out, but. Uh, I don't have a lot of lot of
0: hope. We are all pretty low on hive mind. Yeah, I'm only saying that because I'm sick of calling them the hacktivist guys, which is how I always <laughs> refer to them. Um yeah. but uh... maybe
2: they were tired of that too, and so that's why they made their own nickname. <laughs>
0: well, well said. Yeah. Um, Vince, any thoughts on this? No, not really. Not not.
1: It's gonna be planetary. Superficially only
0: and Pino, yeah, 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 Pino, know, yeah. Uh, Rom V is DC exclusive, sure, cool. why not? Yeah, <laughs> um, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, a seven part crossover with legendary pictures, Monsterverse. Um, I love goofy shit and comics, this could be a lot of fun. Except <laughs> sorry to folks I'm gonna about not to mention. It's written by uh, Brian Buccalato and art by Christian Duce, both of whom are fine, but not the people I would go to for like a kick-ass miniseries.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sorry that I, I don't have any affection for Monsterverse stuff, King Kong, Godzilla, et cetera.
0: Oh. I love Godzilla stuff.
1: I do. Yeah. Um, there's just there's way too much bad stuff to get to the good stuff.
0: Uh, maybe. I don't know if I <laughs> necessarily see your point to that. Well, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know that I have a point. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so next up, and this is what we're referring to at the end of the John Kent discussion: Titans, Beast World a new event that is launching in November with a series of the same name. It is a Beast Boy-focused uh, series and apparently John Kent is also part of it. Um, this will cross over with the regular Titans book as well as the Tales of the Titans book. Um, and yeah, I um, we had all sort of thought that Tom Taylor was going to be bringing John Kent into the Titans, and here we are. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I hope he is on the team like moving forward after this. And I think it is like an interesting idea of like having a Titans-led event helmed by Tom Taylor crossing over with Nightwing. It all it all kind of like makes sense. And I kind of assumed we were going to get something like this. I this Beast World is not what I would have guessed, but um Yeah, I'm I'm interested in it. I'm I'm here for it.
0: Vince, anything to add to that? Um,
1: yeah, I I like the team involved. I like the. I, I want to see more with these characters. Yeah, I, this this one sounds good to me.
0: Did I mention Ivan Reyes is doing the art on it? I can't remember if I did or not. I no. think you did. I no, you didn't. You didn't I don't okay. know if you did. If you
2: did, to... I didn't it I didn't hear it. But yeah, that is that's worth mentioning. That's good.
0: Yeah, to me, that's actually the most surprising part of all of this. Uh Reyes has been a, a someone who did real big work at DC and then in a f- kind of fun way has been doing smaller stuff. Like, they were part of the rotation on the Arkham Tower stuff. Right. And that felt like, oh, it's odd that they're not doing like an event book but they're doing this like one part of this detective comics arc, right? Um but it's kind of cool to see Reyes doing different stuff and so I think I think that this is a fun fit. Um And there's going to be a big Starro piece of this. And Starro by Ivan Reyes sounds great to me. Yeah. So that same panel by Jim Lee, a a return of Superman special. Now, if you recall, a few months ago, we got a Death of Superman special that was weird and had a couple of good things and a couple of not so good things. Well, uh, we're getting a Return of Superman special. What's uh, similar to the last one is that this has the team of Dan Jurgens, Louis Simonson, Jerry Ordway and Carl Kessel who were the writers on the four superman books uh with Jurgens and Brett Breeding on art who were two of the artists on those books uh telling stories of Steel the Eradicator, Cyborg Superman and Superboy. So, you know, I am I am a fan of that era of Superman comics mostly because of nostalgia but also because I do think some fun stuff happened during that time. So, that's fun to me. Do you? Do you boys have any thoughts on this uh, issue?
1: Uh, I mean, in my in in my my brain just uh, coasted over it, thinking that it was the same thing as that other book <laughs> being re released in some form. But oh, okay, um, no one is the I, I I did, Yeah, I get it. I get it. I I didn't think that that one shot was that good um, the first time around, so I don't really not
0: really looking for I'm I'm willing to be converted but I'm know. just here for more Louis Simonson essentially yeah
1: yeah
2: Zach uh yeah I think it could be fun. I actually did kind of like that issue um a little bit so yeah i I think it's cool that they're doing more.
0: It's an easy thing to do. Like this is mm-hmm. that was such a huge event for DC. It makes sense that there's so much nostalgia for it. And I'm glad I I am personally glad they're going back to these creators who were a part of it from the beginning, even though I think we can all probably admit that their returns might be somewhat diminished on some of their careers since this. It's nice to see them honoring the original creators mm-hmm. um in this way.
2: Yeah.
0: Um I don't care about the Eisner Awards, so I'm not going to even talk about the books that won Eisner's because who cares? Um, Josie Campbell and Vasco Georgiev are teaming up for a book called Amazon's Attack, which stars, listen to this trio, Nubia, Wonder Girl, and Mary Bromfield. Now, if you're wondering who Mary Bromfield is, that's the artist formerly known as Mary Marvel, but because they don't use that term anymore... We're going with Mary Bromfield again. Um, okay. Which again, like, is fine. It's just very weird. Um, now, what's strange to me is that we get so many things solicited as miniseries now. This is not solicited as a mini, this is solicited as an ongoing. No. <laughs> uh, now, my question for you is. I had not seen the cover. I'm about to look at it now. Who which Wonder Girl do we think this is? I
2: I would uh, guess the Yara. newest one.
0: Yeah. Yara. I mean uh-huh. it, it could be Yara. It could be Cassie. And it or it could be Donna Troy. Well, I don't think
1: Donna Troy's the Donna Troy is decidedly not going by Wonder Girl. That's true.
0: Yeah. It, it is Yara, nor, do, nor do
1: I think yeah, nor do I think yeah. Cassie is anymore either. Although I don't think she has a different code name.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. I, I think this is actually one of the more fun announcements of Comic Con. Yeah, I
1: agree. And and I I think that uh Mary Marvel mini from before was so good. Like I'm I'm willing to follow uh, Josie Campbell to the ends of the earth for a little while. So, um.
0: yeah, and Campbell had written a, a a story featuring, I think, at least two of these characters in in something recently. Right? It was an anthology of some sort. It's the Vegas. Yeah, Wasn't it that? It was um, a...
2: it was the um. What was it?
0: There's no way to know.
2: Oh, it was, it was the Mary Marvel mini, right?
0: No, no, no. There was, there was another, like after that, there was a Josie Campbell written story that featured Mary and some of the wonder characters. Was it in, was it in Wonder Woman 800? It might've been in Wonder Woman 800. That
2: might've been, that might've been what it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, there there is no way to actually fact check this. So please don't email Uh. us or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Zach, any thoughts about this?
2: Uh yeah, I think I think it's cool. Uh I mean you know I'm already uh kind of in for a penny and for the in for a pound on the new uh, Wonder Woman status quo. So uh yeah, I'm here for it.
0: Okay. Up next is the news I can't wait to talk about which is that there's going to be both Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen animated films next year. (sighs) Sure. Who gives a fuck? Crisis could be fun. Like I I, I am bewildered at the thought of how they're going to adapt Crisis in the DC-like animated um, continuity, because it just seems so messy and naughty. But that could be fun. Watchmen animated is not going to be fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. I, I am not Vince in my full throat of denial of ever mentioning the Watchmen characters again because of Alan Moore's feelings. I, I think that's probably best if they don't do it, but I'm not. A, I remember you being quite mad at the TV series for existing, for instance. Um, yeah. And I, I, I am not necessarily there, partly because I'm a Lindelof boy, as we all know. But beyond that, like I just I, I I literally don't know what this is going to accomplish. If you want to watch a dumbed down version of Watchmen, Zack Snyder already made that movie for you. What is this about? They can't. This can't be a sanitized version of Watchmen because why would you make that? And therefore, it's going to be an R rated animated version, which is essentially what Zack Snyder's version was. Yeah. I guess. I guess this one probably won't have topless Malin Ackerman fucking to Leonard Cohen. But aside from that, I don't really see what the difference is going to be.
1: Yeah. Um I think it's funny that, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't think you, if you, if you, if you tell an accurate watchman, Story. I think it has to be R because, um, you know, there is nudity. There is uh, violence that probably goes beyond the PG 13. But I think it's interesting how much they market both with the Snyder movie and everything really now to do with Watchmen. How much they market, like, it's don't worry, it's R rated. It's not like Watchmen the comic was this like vulgar. You know, any mature uh, R-rated stuff in there was was pretty thoughtfully, tastefully done. You know, yeah. I just think it's weird that it gets this. I mean, every time they mention it, they 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 make sure you know. Oh, don't worry, it's R-rated. Not your mom's comic book. And like, I I don't even know if they said fuck in the com in the original comic. I can't. Maybe I I kind of don't
0: think so. I kind of.
1: Doesn't it
0: will say, oh, my fucking boner's gone. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't
1: think that's a direct quote. No. Um <laughs> No, I, I almost don't even think they do. And if they do, it's if they do, it's way less than the script for this uh the Zack Snyder Watchmen. Like they they peppered that thing with with more, more vulgarity, like
0: decidedly. Which is again just a weird choice. They had to make Matthew Good interesting somehow, so
1: well, he wasn't even the one saying fuck all I the time.
0: I, 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 I just, any opportunity I can take the shit on that performance I will cuz that is the worst part of that movie.
1: Oh, you. Um I I just it's it's just weird to me. It's just weird. It's not, you know, The Watchmen is this mature It's mature in that like kids would think it was boring if they read it, you know. Yeah, and it's when you talk that about it
0: deals, it, deals with actual adult issues in some ways.
1: Yeah, whereas the way that it's sold or whatever or talked about is that it's mature because there's uh, f bombs and tits in it, and that's
0: just not. I don't know. It's it, it's it's like when Bart Simpson misses, misses out a Millhouse and friends going to see Barton Fink because they want to see an R rated movie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: You want to you want to know my sicko take on this? You're excited for it? About why they're doing this?
0: Oh, it's somebody in the discord said it because they're going to do a doomsday clock movie.
2: Oh yeah, they are. Okay, I didn't even see that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah but that's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. why.
0: Which is so bleak. Yeah. Um any thoughts on a crisis movie at all?
2: Oh, I think it could be cool. Have any of you watched any of the like new like DC animated continuity stuff?
0: How new are we talking?
2: So like this current iteration is like everything after that Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse movie.
1: That I like remember. ended
2: that that ended that era, and right, then everything right. after that is like new continuity again. I don't know yeah. I've seen a What is of it cal-
1: it's called like the tomorrowverse or something uh, something like that, right? Yeah, I maybe
2: so. I don't I've not watched a single movie. I know some people in our uh discord have
0: Patreon.com um, slash gc 3 cast um, let's see. I, it I just, started
2: with um Superman Man of Tomorrow, which is probably why it's called that.
0: Can you run down the other films that have been part of it?
2: Yeah, so uh Justice League, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, World War II. I saw that. Um, Hey, man. Uh, So um, Superman, Man of Tomorrow was written by Tim Sheridan. Yes. Justice Society was Megan Fitzmartin and Jeremy Adams.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Batman Long Halloween parts one and two Mm -hmm. is the third one uh, written by Tim Sheridan. Uh, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Uh, written by people I don't know, Ernie Altbacker and John Simper, and then uh, the Legion of Superhero movie, which I have actually been wanting to watch, and Josie Campbell wrote that.
0: Yeah, oh, I, nice. I have almost all of those on Blu-ray from DC's publicity department. I haven't, I haven't watched them yet because yeah, I don't have time. But I, I did watch the JSA one, and there were some interesting parts of that.
2: So what you're saying is maybe we should watch them all. <laughs>
0: this is the most exact thing possible whereas you hear about something that might be good but you instead of deciding to watch one you want to watch them all and then when I commit to watch them all you're going to say I never wanted to watch them all uh, like this. yeah exactly. yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. and then we have Justice League World World coming up next which is which was written by Jeremy Adams, Ernie Altbacher and Josie Campbell again yeah. um, and then yeah Crisis is the next one and then there was also a Adam Strange short and a Kamandi short yes
0: yes I watched the commandy short. I also okay. don't know why I said commandy. Commandy, yeah. I just Man I I, par- D, I, I, I literally right there. Yeah, I I parodied what you said because I was just following up on you. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I, sure, sure, sure.
2: Uh, I've just been reading too much manga.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joe Casey's back. Joe yeah. Casey, uh, and Dan now, McDade doing a Neil Before Zod series.
1: I am excited for that. Yes, both for Joe Casey and Dan McDade.
0: I'm excited for those two. I'm not so excited about a Zod series. Oh no, I don't care about the subject matter at all. But that creative team, yeah, I think it could
2: be. I think it could be good, even though it is. Oh, sorry, gosh, I think it could be good, even
0: though it's Zod. Well, it's it's not just Zod. It's also Zod like Zod on on Krypton. Yeah, 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 yeah. The story that never needed to be told. Nope. 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 When, when we Joe find Casey out that Zod
2: hasn't... is actually Clark's dad,
0: that is coming one of these days. <laughs> um, anyway, Joe Casey hasn't written for DC, I want to say, since like 2010, maybe. I know he, he did...
2: did that, uh, Final he Crisis After Young team. team, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and he did some Adventures of Superman stuff in the early aughts. I really think it's like 2009-2010, somewhere in that ballpark, was the last thing he had done for DC, which is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done some Marvel stuff since then, but he's really done more image stuff. Um He did that Godland series with Tom Scioli. He did... um a haunt with uh, Nathan Fox. It looks like he did a couple issues of that. I forgot he did that. He did sex. Uh, He did. uh, He did sex. Sounds like he had sex. He did a series (laughs) called sex. Uh, He did some young blood stuff. He did. uh, Yeah. I mean, there's there's a fair amount of stuff there, but he hasn't been the most like prolific creator over the past decade or so. So it's interesting to see him coming back here. I'm excited for this. Uh, We're getting a lightning miniseries, the Daughter of Black... uh, Sorry, graphic novel, Daughter of Black Lightning, uh, written by Lily J. Allen and illustrated... Sorry, illustrated by Lily J. Allen, written by Sherry L. Smith, who wrote one of the Avatar, The Last Airbender books. Uh, It's a young reader's book. But like that should be fun. And uh there's a sequel to Batman and Robin on Howard, which came out, I think, last year, called Batman Robin and Robin on Howard Summer Breakdown. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of last beats from the DC Solicits, which just came out today as well. Um, which is that there is a new and Vince, I know you gotta hold on to your pants. You're so excited about this. <laughs> a new Christian Ward uh black label <laughs> series called Batman City of Madness um which is fine i suppose uh there's also a supergirl special from rico Tamaki and skylar patridge which talks about uh kara feeling redundant since power girl has returned which is interesting i guess i can't remember any any time that power girl was more important than supergirl in a very long time so this that i i suppose that part of the story is interesting and there's an aquaman and the lost kingdom special which is just a bunch of uh like uh, just 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 a bunch of aquaman stuff before the movie comes out even though it seems like uh none of this is going to be in continuity yeah. but there's but there's one thing i want to talk about in the solicits that i have not seen talked about anywhere and i'm curious as to what you boys think of this let me pull i had to click away from it, so let me pull it back up So when I was scrolling through the solicits, I got to the um, October issue of Green Lantern. And I was taken by who was listed as the co-writer on that issue. Oh, It it turns out they're not a co-writer. That there is a um, essentially there is a backup in that issue that is written by this person. But it's somebody with, with big Green Lantern ties. And that is oh peter it's
2: Tumasi. uh sorry i was gonna i stole your thunder i was gonna make a joke about the the child molester <laughs> the, oh
0: gerard <laughs> jones oh god yeah, yeah. oh god don't do that please please don't do that
2: um no sorry who was it
0: <laughs> uh it's peter tomasi oh oh so, so here's why okay so and it's the, the story is illustrated by david Lafuente It says, meet the new character Sinson, S-I-N-S-O-N, in the first installment of a prelude story to the upcoming Sinister Sons by Peter J. Tomasi and David LaFuente. Have we heard anything about Sinister Sons yet?
2: I don't think so. Why is his name Sinson? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Maybe that's just a placeholder. Mm, I don't know. I would, I don't know. Doubt about that? Um, what, the, what is this? Comics have never been more
0: over. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm not opposed to Massey and La Fuente having some sort of Green Lantern book. I am. I, I mean, I think Tomasi has, has done enough at Green Lantern to, to merit me not running away in the other direction when this is announced. But Sin son may be a bridge too far for me.
2: But it doesn't even seem like it's Green Lantern related,
0: is it? I don't know why it would be here if it wasn't Green Lantern related somehow. Is it Sinestro's son? Oh, God, it probably is, isn't it? <laughs> We already have his daughter. We do. Our, our
1: brains are so bad
0: And it took us this long to come up with Sinestro's son. Is that why? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's only the most important villain in the history. The character's uh, history, right. right?
1: And it completely fits with like the Super Sons slash. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like, so it
2: probably is a placeholder then.
1: No, it's oh not. no, I think it's real.
2: You think his name this the, the sinister son's name is going to be sinson? Yes I <laughs> yes.
0: do. Yes I do. 1000%.
2: <laughs> They've never been more over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so it's sinister saying. <laughs> wait, it's sinister son's plural. So who is the other son here?
2: Hal's definitely got a son. <laughs>
0: So this is a this is Hal and Sinestro's kids, uh, finding each other. Yeah, that could be. It'll be bad, but that could be.
2: Well, folks, that that wraps what up. We have to deal with.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that wraps up all the news in the last few weeks. Uh, thank you for listening, Vincey. What comes out next week?
1: Uh, Next week, we got Batman Inc. number 11, Danger Street number 8, Night Terrors number 3. The Night Terrors tie-in books are Green Lantern 2, Robin 2, Shazam 2, Flash 2, Zatanna 2. We got Multiversity Harley screws up the DCU number 6, Spirit World number 4, the Superman 2023 annual, Wildcats number 10, and World's Finest Teen Titans number 2.
0: Well, until then, if you have to find us, uh two thirds of us are on Threads and Blue Sky. I am at Brian Is an app.
2: And I'm at the Woke of Z.
0: If you need to find Vince, he is trying to uh pucker his asshole from the hot saucy to state. Yeah. Oh
1: boy, oh boy. It was good, but you don't want to do that before a podcast.
0: No. No, I understand. Uh, as always, go to patreon.com slash Freecast for more of us. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Vince is dying right now, by the way.
1: Yeah, I, I had some chicken with the Carolina Reaper sauce on it, and my head is on fire.